The short life of a girl named Eliza Hope Darby is having an impact for other kids with special needs. I'm George Rath with Kalov. Eliza was born April 12, 2012. Her mom, Amy, and dad, Aaron, had prayed a long time for a child and were blessed with Eliza. Amy called Eliza her little miracle baby. Then throughout the next maybe 18 months, we started noticing some things. She started having seizures. So we took her to a neurologist, and they said she had epilepsy, which at the time I didn't really know much about. And it was intractable epilepsy, which is a hard-to-manage epilepsy. So she was on several medications, and she still had seizure activity. And then she was developmentally delayed. So at about two years old, she was diagnosed with autism. So she had epilepsy and autism. She had a heart defect as well, and she had to have um, a heart surgery when she was two. So it was a tough time because we had really prayed for Eliza for a long time. Everybody did. And for me, I was like questioning, why is this happening? But we love Eliza. She was the sweetest little girl. And we were like, okay, we're going to just do whatever we have to do so that she'll thrive. And we were able to find um, a great place for her to learn. But there was only one place in this whole area. It's ABA therapy and a little social skills group, which is sort of like a preschool. And she loved going, but the problem was is when I first found out that she would need a special place that she couldn't just go to a normal daycare or preschool, I Googled special needs preschools and there was nothing. So I was really shocked, like, wait, isn't one in 58 children diagnosed with autism? How is there no place for her to go? And what went through your mind while you're going through all this? There were several times that I thought, gosh, we really need to like start something, like do another center where kids can get all of their therapies in one place. But I had Eliza, so I just put it on the back burner. So we spent most of our days traveling. I worked, so does my husband. We had a nanny, and we would go back and forth to different appointments, speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, all the therapies she needed. So that was mostly our days. And Saturdays, there was really nothing for Eliza to do. All of our friends' kids were playing soccer or doing dance or whatever. And there was nothing. Eliza was nonverbal, but she was so full of joy. She was always happy, always smiling. She was in the hospital quite a bit during her life. And, I mean, everybody at the Children's Hospital here in Virginia, in Norfolk, they loved her. I mean, they would all know when she was there and they would come running. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted to be her nurse. What happened when you wanted to attend worship with Eliza, having those special needs? Sundays, we were lucky. We had a couple of friends whose daughters were 14-ish, and so they would just take care of Eliza. She couldn't be in the you know, children's church because there's you know 20 kids, and Eliza needed special attention. So these two little girls... Lena and Ellie, they would take her and walk her around the church or they would, you know, have her go in the back of the service and she would like sing or, you know, pretend she's singing. But there was nothing, there were no classes. Like she was not able to draw pictures of Jesus and do all the things that the kids are doing in Sunday school. How long was Eliza's life? Um, Eliza passed away November 11th, 2016, four and a half years old. Mm. It was shocking. I was actually out of town at the time, so I got the phone call early in the morning. I was on the West Coast. But I will tell you that during that time, people really came together and got us on a flight. It was like everything had been taken care of, like me and my one of my best friends 
hopped on a flight really quickly. I don't remember a lot of that day, but God was there and he was really, it, it was pretty amazing. The people that he put in our path during that, you know, nine hours from the West Coast to the East Coast. What did the doctors say the cause was? It was called SUDEP, Sudden Unexplained Death in Epilepsy, and it's pretty rare. It's similar to SIDS where they really have no idea what causes it, but it is, they go to sleep and they just don't wake up. So the first thing after she passed away, I was sitting in my friend's living room and it was a couple days after. And I was like, I have to do something. I can't have Eliza have been on this earth for four and a half years and no one remember her. So I was like, we're going to start a foundation. And one thing led to another. Fast forward, we had fundraisers. We really, the community just totally supported everything we were doing. It was pretty amazing to see just people coming out to races and galas and everything. Okay, so let's talk about why the Eliza Hope Foundation was created. The purpose of the foundation was to raise money to open a center where kids can go and get all of their therapies in one place. So you walk in, you drop off your child with their little backpack, they hang it on the hook and they do a little social skills like preschool type of thing with their therapist with them. So each child has their own therapist and then they get pulled out for speech therapy and then they go to occupational therapy. So everything is done right in the center. So parents don't have to worry about traveling back and forth. They know my child is going to get everything they need in this one space. When I pick them up, they're going to be done for the day. We can go home, eat dinner, have a nice evening. Because it's hard, you know, especially parents who have multiple children. You're running kids all over the place. And I mean, it's sort of impossible to get your child all that they need because there's waiting lists, there's, you know, scheduling conflicts. So to be able to have everything in one space and to be able to have the people that worked with Eliza join us in that has been such a blessing. We're so grateful for that because we could not have done this without those people Mm -hmm. too. So we raised money and um, we started looking at spaces. And, you know, at some points I would stop and think, is this a good idea? And then something would happen and I'd be like, yeah, this is, we need this. We definitely need this. So June 27th, we opened our doors and we currently have 10 kids and we have lots of people that inquire about um, bringing their kiddos here. You've done something with the center as far as the decor is concerned. We filled it with things that remind us all of Eliza and it's really beautiful and kids and parents come in and they immediately feel at home. I mean, there's no way to deny that Eliza's, you know, life is really well projected in what we've done. I think that, you know, we have a fish tank in the front because Eliza loved fish. Mm -hmm. She loved pine cones. So we have a big pine cone statue. I mean, everything we have and so many people donated and so many people donated money and donated services. It's just been really a community project that has surpassed anything that I imagined for it. When they put the sign up on the front of the building and it lit up, I mean, I just cried because I thought, this is what I wanted. I wanted Eliza's name to be on the front of a building. And look, here it is. God is good. Yes, he is. Eliza's name looks awesome on that building. But that's just one phase of the two-phase impact that Eliza is having on the community. So let's talk about Crosswalk Church. Steve Lentz is on our advisory board for the foundation, and he is an attorney. 
and he's also the pastor of the Virginia Beach campus of Crosswalk. And he came to me and said, hey, why don't we do something for kids at church? Why don't we have a place we can partner and have a place for kids with special needs to come so that, you know, their parents don't have to stay home? Because a lot of parents stay home from church. And I said, yes, let's do it. That sounds amazing. And so at first I was like, oh, is this a good idea? Like, are people really going to come? So I texted um, one of the moms whose kiddos go to our center. And I said, hey, what would you think about a special, like, little Sunday school class for kiddos like your little boy um, to come to church? And she texted me back immediately and said, I just started crying when I read that because me and my husband were just talking about how we haven't been able to go to church and sit as a family in, in church because our little boy can't do that. So it was just that reassurance I needed to know that this is what we need to be doing. So Amy went to the children's pastor, Whitney Morrow. She said, you know, I would love to help um, manage this if we can get this started, and I would love to just add fuel onto it. So what's the reason Crosswalk Church decided to start Kids Champions? Well, we just know that autism, as well as many other special needs, are a huge need in the world we live in today. And there's a lot of kids that do have, on some side of the spectrum, autism or ADHD or really lots of different needs. And so we just wanted to create an environment where they could come to church and have an experience just like other kids and um, be able to learn about Jesus on their level, but it may not be in the same context of what a typical children's ministry looks like. Volunteers there are very familiar with kids that have special needs. All of our like volunteers are actually also involved with the Eliza Hope Foundation. So they are trained volunteers and they know how to respond to children with various special needs, whether it comes to behavioral needs or emotional needs, physical needs. And so a lot of what happens in that classroom, it kind of just depends on what the needs are in that classroom. And so we have sensory items, we have activities for them to do, but it really also comes from the person that's in that classroom, like the volunteer in that classroom, just knowing what the need is and how to do those activities. Winnie, do you have an example of what goes on in the classroom? We do music time, but not all the kids may participate in that. And so there would be a volunteer working with that child with a different activity during that time. So a lot of the activities are very hands-on, using their motor skills, but also working in a Bible story each and every week so that that it's more meaningful than just playtime. If another church wants to start a program to help kids with special needs like yours, what would you tell them? Find out who has that heartbeat for it and then begin to equip and empower and then release for the people in the church to begin to really reach more kids because they're using their gifting. The physical life of Eliza Hope Darby may have lasted just four and a half years, but the impact of that beautiful child will go on and on and on. I'm George Rath with Kaloff. Thanks for listening.